night, ladies and gentlemen. Nick's Ticks. Nick here, coming to you live. Just want to give a little intro to what's about to happen tonight. We're going to have an all-new special show tonight. I'm going to have a special guest for the very first time ever on Nick's Ticks. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody other than myself for once. All right? Stick around. It's going to be good. Talk some draft. Talk some combine. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. Nick's Ticks here. Nick here, bringing it to you live. Guys, pause for a second, okay? Thank you. I need you to understand what's going to happen tonight. Something's never happened before on this show, on Nick's Ticks. We're going we're gonna to give this, we're going to give you guys a little twist this evening, okay? We're going to try this, this phone conversation on anger. We're going to find out if this bad boy really works or not. I'm going to have a show favorite, Kyle. Kyle has called in on numerous occasions. There used to be a section called Kyle's Corrections because he loved correcting me. But this time, we're going to get him in here. We're going to get him on the phone. I don't know if we're going to do a phone call or if he's just going to be sitting here right next to me answering questions. But we're going to pick his brain a little bit tonight. We're going to talk about the draft, the combine. Ideally, what I would like to do, I'd like to get me and his top 10 picks draft. I think there's enough going on now that we can agree on some things and disagree on some things. He's all about Kyler going number one. He's all about, you know, he's all about all that good stuff, which, you know, of course for me is, is, is totally fine for me as a Packer fan. I'm, like you said in recent, recent segments that just shoves everybody down. I'm okay with that. So we'll pick his brain a little bit about it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really excited to do this tonight. So stick with us. This is just a little intro. I'm going to post this little section here just so you guys know what's happening. Uh, stay tuned. And we'll see what we can do here. Thanks. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on here. Of course. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Oh, man, it's great to be here. Definitely ready to talk football. Man, we're we're about to get into it, buddy. We are about to get into it. So, as promised, as promised, we're going to get into this draft here real fast. Real quick, I think we're going to do this in segments, okay? We'll go we'll go in threes. That way it doesn't seem like things are dragging on a little bit. And that way, the three, we have a little bit of time to, to talk about our three or whatever. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. All right, great. So, let's go with um, – let's start with number one. Let's just start right at the top. Let's just get right into it. Um, so, I just checked – Matt Miller, Matt Miller's the, the all things notable in mock drafts. So Matt Miller's Jesus. So you got to follow what he says. That's what's going on. So I just, I just checked it. Literally just checked it. You were right there in front of me. You saw me. Yes, I did. So they've got with all this hoopla and all this talk, Kyler Murray is now at the top of the board. I don't think we're surprised by it. I don't think we're shocked by it. Uh, I think. Oh, no. No, absolutely not, Nick. I think that uh, I think they're smart on going with Murray. I mean, I don't think Rosen had a lot of a chance last year, but 
I mean, Murray's got those intangibles. He's going to be that top quarterback. And I think that he's not a wild card. I think he's going to come out performing. Agreed. I, he, he's definitely not a wild card. I mean, I think that he, he's, well, he's not taking part. He's not partaking in the combine. He's not doing drills. So he's not doing throwing drills. He's not doing running drills and stuff like that. I mean, needless to say, we know how athletic he is. But do you have doubts with him not coming into the combine and throwing and running and, and doing the cones and stuff? Do you doubt him because of that? I don't. I think it adds a little bit to his mystique. I think that's his character. I think he's humble. He's quiet. He knows the team that he's probably going to play for. And honestly, I just, I see him coming out and throwing bullets. Honestly, I don't think, uh, I feel like he doesn't think he has anything to prove. He's going to come here and just explode. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't have expectations. Uh, I'm not, you know, I, I think that, well, first off, if he, if he goes number one, Arizona's got to do something with, with, uh, oh, shoot, his name escapes me now. What's what's the quarterback? Josh Rosen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh Rosen. So, I mean, for something to happen, because you're not going to want to – you, he's this is, his, this is his second year in Rosen, that is. You don't want to have two very young quarterbacks coming in and competing and, and, and for the same job. I just don't think people learn that way, and you have a tendency of burning one of the two out. In, in this case, I think it would probably be, be Rosen – who would get the crap into the stick in this situation just based on who Tyler is. Oh, no, absolutely. They're definitely going to have to float Rosen somewhere, somewhere that they're going to be able to get something nice around Kyler. Um, as we've talked before, I mean, I really feel like if they throw enough pieces at the puzzle, I really think that the Steelers could capitalize on having Rosen as their backup to Big Ben. He could help take over the franchise once he retires, and they could do whatever they can to bring in AB over to the cards. I mean, as you know, uh, Kyler and AB worked out together over the fall and the spring here now, and Kyler knows AB's uh, cousin, I believe, really, really well. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good finish. Yeah, and I mean, he played with them. He knows them. I mean, they got that trust and that bond there already. And I mean, I feel like it could be dynamite if they could close it. I do too. I do too. I think I think the big thing that it comes down to is the head coach now. You know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And, and I had to I had to do a little research because I had thought previously that Cliff Kingsbury was the coach of Kyler at one point, coached him. And so that's why I thought, he came out and said, you know, well, if I had the number one pick, I'd take Kyler no matter what. He didn't He didn't coach Kyler. He was close to Kyler. Um, so he has good connections with him, knows the playbook and stuff. So I, at first when I was hearing this, I was like, I don't know. You know, I mean, just because you know of him and just because you've seen him play, there's a difference when you have to get inside that player. There's a difference when you have to get into the mental side of that player and and not to mention the NFL is a completely different level. You know, I mean, they weren't making this big hoopla hoopla over his size and his intangibles for a reason you know what i mean at, at some point you have to be able to be that size to carry that load oh no absolutely man i agree and i mean you know one of my big drawbacks too with kyler was you know it's not the coaches that uh, bring these guys in it's the gm and if the gm is going to honestly bring in another another quarterback you're going to have to really get something special not only for your team but for your fan base to explain to them why you wasted their first round pick last year and ab would be someone that would quiet that fan base it just depends what they would be able to give for him 
Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. I don't have the numbers here exactly what Arizona has as far as cap space. But, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, if AB is traded, another team must take over that contract. So that's exactly. that's big, too. You know, I mean, do you want to do you, I mean, because I know, well, you got Larry Fitzgerald over there already. And let's not forget. Here's one thing that I really am. I, I keep forgetting. David Johnson, the running back for Arizona, is over there. David Johnson with a healthy workload and a healthy body is top three and, and and i really believe that i think he is right now i mean I, I know how you feel about saquon right now i think david johnson is better than saquon just because of experience just because of just he's he's a good pass catcher i just think that right now david johnson is just a better running back than saquon that's not to say that next season he comes and blows him out of the water but arizona has struggled last year so you got a good running back no offensive line or anything like that you're going to take hits you know i i really don't mind Josh Rosen, we've talked about them before. There were several several games where I watched him and enjoyed watching him. I thought he had good intangibles. I thought he knew the playbooks. There were several times where he was getting upset with his linemen because they didn't pull right or didn't whatever. The plate broke down. So I like that he's I like that he knows. I like that he's knowledgeable about the position. Um, but I mean, just what do you do? You know, what do you do when you literally you can't you can't uh Tyler Murray is just not somebody you're gonna beat in a foot race, you know, you're not probably not gonna beat him in a passing contest or anything like that i just what do you do what do you do at that point no absolutely and speaking of larry fitz too that also makes me think a little bit as well because he just came out with that tweet at antonio brown telling him that he didn't realize how good he had it with big ben and he thought that he would be a little surprised if he didn't have big ben around him to make him that player that he is so if they were able to acquire a b how would that work with the team drama? Like, would he just carry over that drama from the Steelers? Would he be able to fit in and it would be a little bit of team rivalry and they'd get it done? That is kind of questionable in my, yeah. my mind yeah, that's as well. Tough. That's tough. I mean, Larry is Larry. You know, he's an aging Larry. Um, I think they have, they probably have the money and the utensils to maybe make a trade at AB again. Comes down to if the Steelers are going to, going to accept that. I personally... I mean, I know AB's probably not coming back, but if I'm AB, man, I'm asking for so much. I'm asking for so much and back from him. I mean, I, I need two first-round picks. I need maybe like a, a another smaller receiver or something. I got to have something because he, without Le'Veon, Ben is just Ben. I mean, I know Juju Smith-Schuster is good, um, but to me, he is good because he had Brown. Let's be honest. He we, He's never been tested double coverage like that. He's never been tested... Um, being chipped off the off the spot by linebackers and stuff. You've just never been tested like that because you don't need to be tested like that because you've been sugar-coated with AB your whole career. Oh, no, absolutely. And I know we've talked about that before, and it's just like you said. I mean, Smith-Schuster has never had to make those dynamite plays. Every time he's made big plays, he's either beaten his defender or he's only been covered by one guy. He's never had to have that real pressure because, like you said, it's always been AB drawing the entire defense away. Yeah, and it's it's a struggle because, I mean, as good as A.B. is and as good as Juju is, I'm not taking absolutely anything away from Juju. You know what I mean? Juju could very much – he wants to spend the rest of his career in Pittsburgh. That's a long ways away, but you love the loyalty. Um, but uh, I think that – I think that – They've all just had it so good, you know. They they did they call them the killer bees for a reason. Big Ben, Big or no Ben Ben, Bell and Brown. So I mean, like those three together were just were just an unstoppable force at one point. But I mean, hey, if you lose a wheel, you know what happens to the wagon eventually, you know. And I think that's what we're I think that's what we're watching. I think that's what we've been watching 
the past six months. You know, I think that the Patriots are just trying to keep as, as least possible out in the media about what's going on. But I think that they're, I think, I think they're drowning. I really do. I think they're drowning. And I think because of this, I don't know if I see, uh, I don't know if I see uh, Big Ben playing much longer, honestly. Oh, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think that he has been past his prime. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, this has been. We'll, we'll take a break here, Kyle. We'll take a break here. We'll come back with our uh, last two picks of the of the top three, and we'll uh, we'll reconvene later. But I think this was a, a good subject. Good subject on old Kyler. We can't have enough. Oh, absolutely, man, and thank you again for having me. Yeah, of course, we'll talk to you in a little bit. All righty. See ya. Hello, my friend. What's up, buddy? What's up? We're gonna try this again. We're gonna get you back online. We're gonna talk. Some, we're gonna talk some more football here, if that's all right with you. Oh, buddy, that is fantastic with me. All right, absolutely. So, last segment, we talked about the number one, all, all the hoopla, the more important one, Kyler Murray. Um, I think we've established that he's probably gonna get that number one spot, um, just based off the background and and everything like that. I am very curious as to know what his intangibles and stuff are. See, just because he didn't, uh, I, I didn't realize this, just because he's not participating in the combine doesn't mean he won't get a chance to throw. Basically, he'll have a pro day. So people will come to him, like maybe come to his his home stadium and stuff like that. He'll throw, he'll run, he'll do all that. So I think it's just more or less like a comfortability thing. Like, you, you, I don't want to do it in front of all these scouts and mess up. I want to do it in the comfort of my own home so you can really see what I'm about exactly like if you want the best you got to go to the best and he's yeah, going to want absolutely. people that shot for him in his own place at his own time yeah which i mean if i'm a scout uh i look at it both ways i mean we're, we're not gonna get too far off on kyler but i look at it both ways you know like if if for me it makes sense for you to go to the combine because that's your competition you know that's who you need to show need to need everybody to see that you are better than you know or or equal to that you can do that you can you know because Dwayne Haskins had a phenomenal pro day with the throws and the runs and the lifts and everything like that so and 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 people were a bit surprised by that so and that has only really helped his draft draft stock so not that Kyler needs any more help draft stock but with the measurables you know he is of size he's a Russell Wilson size his hand size actually is the exact same measure as Dwayne Haskins so I think that like that first day when they measured him, that silenced a lot of doubters just without even him hitting the field. So I don't think I get the, I get wanting to have a private pro day to be comfortable. Uh, but at the same time, I think scouts want to see you big time. Scouts, scouts want to see you handle pressure and, 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 and be around other people. So, I mean, I, I guess I get it both ways. No, absolutely. Like you said, we don't want to uh, stray off too far on what we're going for here. But no, I definitely agree with you there. And I mean, I think one of the big things with him is, you know, with him leaving the A's, coming to football, doing the big doing the big flop switch here, I think that he should perform at the Combine. I definitely think that it's not something that he should pass up. But like I said, you know, it's like we both agreed, It's he's pretty much a lock at number one. I feel like he has nothing left to prove. And then if he's going to do it, he's going to do it out there in preseason and show everybody that he's the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I, either way, either way, I think he has a good, he's got a good rookie year. He's going to go somewhere. He, and he, either way, 
I don't think people know people believe enough in him. They would they wouldn't be making all this hoopla over a little five ten guy if he didn't really have the stuff of what winners are made of. That's that's how I see it. Absolutely. All right. So enough of the old Kyler. Uh, give me a second. Let me get some sheets here together real fast. We're gonna go on to number two. Number two. I know me and you have. Um, actually, I think we're pretty much on the same same page here with these next two. But for me. Honestly, two and three can be flip-flopped, no problem. So give me a second here. Let me get some papers wrapped up, and we'll check back with two and three here shortly. So. Okay, so here we go. We're back. Nick Sticks. Nick here again. I'm here with Kyle. What's up, everybody? We are continuing the section two of the draft combine we were talking about. We left off on pick two and three. We're going to kind of combine them a little bit. Um, just because I think that we can both agree that you can flip-flop both. I think they can both be go two and three. I think I think the big thing is the um, – we'll just go ahead and, and just get started with it. I think uh, the big thing for me would be the Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa from Ohio State. Um, there was the whole hoopla about – him being the number one pick, um, if Kyler wasn't going to go number one to Arizona, I mean, Arizona could certainly use him. Really, any team could could, could use him. He's that good. Um, they're calling him, I think when they first came out, they were, they're calling him a blue-collar player. So I guess, I mean, in work-related, a blue-collar would mean... He'd be the working class man. Yeah. He's going to be the man that everybody gets along with. He's just going to be an all-around guy. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you know, just just a workhorse, basically. I mean, like, he's, he's an edge rusher, but it looks – I don't have his intangibles exactly right here, but he looks to be, you know, fairly thin, but still being able to to, to move around a lot. So, you, even though he is a defensive end, you know, there's a lot of teams that are switching these, these fast athletic ends to inside linebacker and stuff like that, if you're smart enough to handle it, which I think he is. Um, he's got a brother already in the league, Joey Bosa, who plays for the Chargers, who made a pretty good playoff run, I thought, um, until they ran into the Patriots, which you would have never known that was a good defense. Oh, at, no, absolutely. At all. I mean, I think he's going to bring more power. He's going to be explosive. He's going to be a younger, faster Joey. And, a, you know, a big thing with him that I really think is going to set him apart is just his passion, his drive. It's obvious that the man looks up to his brother. If you look at their Instagrams, uh, one is called Smaller Bear, one's called Bigger Bear. I mean, they just, they got the true bond there. He's going to want to show his brother up. He's going to want to do it big. And I think that this is a guy that's playing with a lot of heart, coming through a lot of injuries with that ACL injury in high school and then the big injury last year. I think we're going to see a lot of good things from Nick Bosa. Yeah, that's good. That's very good there. I, I had no idea about the Instagram thing. I never, I, I had no idea. Um, about a lot of things. And I think that just overall in general, I think that you can say like as a brother and a younger brother who play sports together, I think there's that natural competitiveness, competitiveness anyways, you know, youngest, anything you can do, I can do better type of type of deal there. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a great point. That's an awesome point. I'm looking at this here. It says, um, you know, he's the top player overall on this, on Matt Miller's big board. So, I mean, there are, there are other boards out there, but he's the top player on the big board. He's powerful, explosive, technically sound, and productive coming out of Ohio State. And yes, he missed much of the past season with a core muscle injury, but he showed in Indy just a few days ago that he's back to being the dominant pass rusher that everybody came to expect. So, I do know that he did, he did come out and um, say that he was fully healthy, and I know that he had a good run at the combine, all that good stuff, which I'm pretty sure was yesterday with the DBs and DLs. Um, so, I, I mean, all signs point to 
bunch of green for Nick Bosa, edge rusher out of Iowa State. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Nick. I think this is going to be the guy that's going to get the ball back into the hands of Jimmy G. You know, if AB ends up going, they're great. If he doesn't, whatever. But this is going to be the man that's going to get the offense continuously back onto the field, which they've needed with Jimmy G being healthy this year, and they're going to get it going. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's other intangibles over there in San Francisco for him to piece with. You got Richard Sherman over there. Right, It's a right. huge people, – just, people just forget about that. I mean, Richard Sherman is, is – I don't think who he once was, but at the same time, you don't see quarterbacks throwing at him. Oh, no, absolutely. You can never overpass one of the Legion of Boom members, nope. that's for sure. Absolutely not. Um, okay, good stuff. Let's move on here. Let's uh, – I mean, while keeping Nick Bosa in mind, our third – our third pick who is, you know, technically ranked third, but I think you could flip-flop both of them um, – Quinnen Williams, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. Uh, he is an absolute freak athletically. And to me, it's so crazy to think about because of his size, you know what I mean? Like, and just overall weight and everything. It's nuts. I don't have the 40 time that he ran, but it was just ridiculous what he ran for for a defensive lineman, for how big he is and for, for just his overall size. You know, some people are absolutely calling him the next Aaron Donald. That is such a huge comparison. That is such a huge comparison. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, with them looking at signing guys like potentially Dante Fowler or Trey Trey Flowers, I mean, as we just found out this morning, the Pats are not going to be franchise tagging Trey Flowers. It's a potential that he could be going to the Jets. That's huge. They're already going to lock down that edge position. Now they're going to bring in a big DL from Alabama. And, you know, man, that's the other thing. Nick Saban is not known for putting on a weak program. No, absolutely he, not. He is not a man that believes that great is never is great. Great is enough. He always expects more out of his players. And if there's anybody that's going to be ready for that NFL level, it's going to be someone coming out of Alabama. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I, I think that, I mean, I don't have the stats or anything like that. Not that, it, not that it's important right now, but I'm pretty sure that the draft every year, Alabama's taken at least eight guys. At least. I know that there are cornerbacks in this draft. I know that there are safeties in this draft. I know that there is Jonah Williams is an offensive lineman, and I'm pretty sure he is he's projected to be the best offensive lineman coming off the board. Offensive lineman is for another talk, but just to prove to you about Alabama and them prospects, Nick Saban has a recipe over there that is absolutely um, cooking, if you will. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think he's going to be a great fit for the Jets. I think he's going to do big things. And if they can bring in a nice edge rusher, they're going to tear it up. There is, there's talk here, the Jets, the Jets in general. So that's who, that's who Quinn Williams is projected to go to. He again would be a situation, again, he's not as good as Mac. He's not as good as Darnold. I don't think it's a huge, it's just a huge comparison to live up to for me. I mean, it, you, you really got to, you got to show me something. Aaron Darnold, even though, he was good coming out the gate. It took him maybe his second year for people to realize, whoa, there he is. That's exactly. that's that's the guy who's the strongest man in the league. We push literally push two people back with one hand each. That's the guy. And I think that we can probably see that from Quinn and Williams. He's just so young. He's just so young. I truly wish that I had his age here, but I don't. Um, but the thing about the Jets, so you got Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, uh, to me is a good starting quarterback. He's got good length. He's mobile, 6'5", but yet he can run. I know he got banged up a little bit last year. Um, you've got Robbie Anderson on the side. You've got, there's someone else over there uh, as far as receivers. So, I mean, he's got weapons. He's got the potential running back. There's several running backs there for him too. Add another guy on defense. Add another guy on the side. I think they still, I'm pretty positive they're going to still run that Todd Bowles defense. Todd Bowles defense has had a phenomenal 
rushing attack defense for a long time. And it's perfect for Quentin Williams. For his athleticism, I think that he could truly evolve into that Adam Donald-esque player over there on that side. And then, like you mentioned earlier, adding Dante Fowler or Trey Flowers is just icing on the cake. It's just absolute icing on the cake. And I might have heard rumor that they're trying to get Le'Veon. No, absolutely. I mean, whatever they get, it's it's going to be big. I do hope they look at him and really think about it. I mean, putting him with professional trainers, it's really going to put him a step above the next. And like you, and like we both talked about that Alabama training, that mentality of winning, it's going to follow over into it. I mean, have we not seen that from Mickey Fitzpatrick, yep. Ingram, Henry, yep. Hightower? I mean, the list goes on, and yep. I think he's going to be another name to add to that list. Yep, I agree. And all, all, yeah. I mean, I think every single, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, Minka Fitzpatrick had a weird year, um, just in a weird system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, I, but he, if the talent is absolutely there. Uh, Henry, Derrick yep. Henry, um, once he got the opportunity, I thought it was just stellar. He went, went for like 300 and whatever yards that was and like four touchdowns that one game towards the end of the season when he finally exactly. got the starting role. So it's given the opportunity, I think those Alabama players know exactly what to do. Um, here's another big thing. I had totally forgot, and I don't know if you've ever heard of him. In 2015, the Jets took Leonard Williams who's another edge rusher. They took him with the number six pick. I know exactly who Leonard Williams Williams is. He's a tall, lean guy, all pro. He's huge. He's ridiculous. He is so good. He's on a commercial every once in a while with his daughter um, where he goes out and buys like a big astronaut uniform, whatever. Either way, it's funny. It's good. Okay, he, I know he, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He is, yes, he is. He's stellar. And so right here, it's, it's right here, it's asking if he can coexist with the number 15, with the 2015 number six pick, Leonard Williams. I mean, if you can, I don't know if they play the same edge. He just says he's a line, he's a defensive lineman, so he technically shouldn't have to swap places with him. But man, if he could play right beside him and be productive right beside him, wow, that one side is just nuts. I don't even know what to say about that one side. The Jets, the Jets defense could very much be a force. Putting that offense together, I think, is the more key thing, really, to me. You know, and I think that's on the way. I think our Darnold's on the way. I think hell, they might even draft a good running back in this draft too. I've heard rumors of him trading up to to get some good offensive weapons too so you really don't know no absolutely man I mean just to kind of end this on my perspective is I think the Jets have a lot of pieces that they need to bring to the table one thing that a lot of these teams are lucky on as this is going to be a defensive heavy draft we're going to see some of the best best defensive players in the draft that we haven't seen in a long time and you might as well grab the pieces while they're still on the board. Yeah, I absolutely. That, and that's that's probably, that right there probably is truly the motto for this year's draft. There is so much athleticism and defensive talent. Someone, like, I don't even know who what the professional was. It might have been Steve Young or something like that said that this is the most athletic draft draft coming out since Lawrence Taylor. I don't Definitely. even know how long ago Lawrence Taylor was drafted, but that was over a couple decades ago. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, nothing against Lawrence Taylor anymore who was a freak athlete, but there's, for them to say that there's nothing coming out, since then, defensively, it's just absolutely insane. So grab him while you can uh, is, is, I guess, how I would say it. You know, there's not, unless you've got a specific plan to go grab a quarterback or, you know, DK Metcalf is a freak of nature. Um, I'd trade up for him. I, I, <laughs> I know that the Green Bay Packers need defensive out the wazoo, but uh, if old boy's available at 12, I'll call the I'll call the front office myself. Like, hey, this guy's got 1.6 percent body fat. He can bench press me 340 times. I did the math. Let's do it. So, absolutely, man. Well, if anything is for certain, this next uh, this coming year, 
is that guys like Patty Mahomes, A-Rod, TB12, these young boys are going to come gunning for them, and they better watch out because this is a whole lot of talent that's about to explode. Can I stop you right there? Can I stop you right there and just tell everybody who's listening right now that Kyle is a a, a New England Patriots fan? (laughs) You hear that dead air? You hear that dead air? You You just killed off our audience. Whatever. Anyways, real quick, just an honorable mention real fast. I'm not going to read nothing on him or anything like that. Josh Allen, the edge rusher from Kentucky, who's been projected number two all year, has just somehow seeming to drift. I don't get that. I still think that he's, he's, uh, I mean, yeah, I still think that he's one of the top. He's definitely, he's, of course, he's a top five, but I think truly he could go number two and be ridiculous. Uh, he's, he's projected to go to the Raiders. The Raiders need him so bad. The Raiders, I truly think that he would fill in for a Khalil Mack for you right away, but what's, whatever John Gruden is thinking, um, he's very old school. I don't know what he's going to go. So, but uh, just keep an eye on Josh Allen as well. Josh Allen from Kentucky as well. Don't be surprised if he gets swapped up for like a, you know, in my book, I'm taking Josh Allen over Nick Bosa, but that's just me. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for sticking with us. It was a good transition right there. Just didn't want to shut off and stop talking, but, um, the segment was a little long. It's okay. Um, I felt like we got good information out. Um, oh, I'm with I'm with good company. I feel like we've got. Uh, you know, you, do you guys do you guys just see how much better it is with two people and we're prepared and it's not just me saying names wrong and, and mumbling over my words. Kyle's laughing in the back. Isn't it just great that you can actually hear people laughing at my mistakes? Oh my god, I'm so happy. I'm I'm so thankful that we're able to get this out. I'm posting this on Twitter immediately when I get this done. Of course, after I read, after I let Kyle read it, of course, because you know, just between me and you, he doesn't sound very good on radio. But so, uh, you know, nonetheless, thank you guys so much. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I, I can't really think of my Twitter handle off the top of my head, which is a horrible plug. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll get to do this again. Hopefully this will be fun, and I think this this should be a regular thing. I think everybody else out there thinks that this should be a regular thing, too. There was good information brought tonight, and we only went through three picks. Absolutely, man. I'd love to do it again. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here for right now. Nick's takes. This is Nick, this is Nick signing off. Peace. All right, guys.